White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23. You can follow me there on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and Locked On Sox is the way you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go there and subscribe, hit the notifications bell, so you can see when we drop a video of this here show if you want to leave us a voicemail, it is 312-566-8727. 312-566-8727 to leave us a voice message. And uh, locked on socks at Gmail if you want to leave us an email. Without any further ado, a great weekend in, uh, sorry, a great weekend in Kansas City. Chris Tannehill, how are you doing? I, I was not in Kansas City, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Um, how's a... Sweep of the Royal sound, Sox fans. That's good. That that'll play right. That's much better than what we were talking about uh, in last Thursday's show about the manager. That was some good managing out there this weekend, Herb. I'll tee you. I'll tee you up for that in a second here. But we might as well take care of a little housekeeping here with the three-game sweep of the Royals. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan. Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. And we are brought to you today by our friends at Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use our promo code LOCK15, and that'll get you 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. We're due to order a new uh, a new drop for work, Herb, where we are out. We are out of Built Bars at work, so we we're due to have ourselves a nice little Built Bar order very, very soon. But uh, it is a three-game sweep of the Royals. As you know, we don't like them. I don't like the Royals. I don't like them. And what do we want to do when we play them every single time? Well, I just want to whoop them every time play them. And that they did, folks. The uh, White Sox outscored the Royals this weekend 21-4 to in Kansas City. The Sox are sitting at 19-13 and with a one-game lead over Cleveland, who was idle on Sunday. So... Where do we start? Where do we always start? It starts and ends always with the pitching. Starting pitching was amazing the pa- this past week. The one turn through the rotation, White Sox starting pitching, allowing just the one earned run. Uh, obviously, you know what Cease and Keuchel did in Cincinnati. Rodon, Friday night, Herb. Six innings pitched, eight strikeouts, five hits, lowering his earned run average to .58 on the young season. Lance Lynn, Saturday, five innings pitched, one hit, six strikeouts. And Giolito yesterday, five innings pitched, four hits, one run, but just two strikeouts, not having his best stuff uh, and working through it, which we'll get to that. But just overall, man, this this, this starting rotation, you, you talk about what's your pathway to a division title while you're trying to overcome all these injuries, you get starting pitching like that. That's even you don't even have to be that dominant, but just be half as good as that, and you're going to be in good shape. Yeah, that is what every team wants. If your starters like this through this rotation, what is it? Two on runs. You said one on run by these starters. Five guys going through. Lucas didn't look like himself today, and he hasn't looked like himself the whole year. 
but these starters are giving their offense a chance. And this is why mostly I talk about managers don't matter that much because if you have a pitcher out there shoving it and your team does anything on offense, it's fait accompli. Wait, the wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But Tony told them, hey, you got the ball today. Go out there and don't give up anything. Oh, and I yeah, forgot. You got you to skip. You got to skip. I got you today. That was a superior managing. <laughs> My bad, Tony. I'm sorry for slighting you, man. That was great managing. You told the people to go out and shove it up to Kansas City Royals. Yeez. What is it? 21 to 4 uh, this weekend. Yeah. Advantage for the White Sox scoring these runs. It's just amazing when you get dominant pitching, even starters and the relievers today. Did a good job. I mean, we only got touched up a little bit with uh, Evan Marshall not having his greatest outing this year, and he hasn't been right, neither has Cody uh, this whole season. Well, Cody has had spells, but it's really amazing when you go out there and you throw up zeros as a starter or you throw up one earned run, and we didn't get a lot of uh, earned run or a lot of innings pitched today from Lucas Giolito, only five, but only one earned run, and he didn't have premium stuff, so – the same thing I think, think Lance Lynn didn't have premium stuff yesterday or on Saturday. These are the things that matter the most if your starters go out there and do their job to a supreme talent level. The other team has no chance. Absolutely not, man. And just, I, I just, you love it when, you know, we saw this coming a little over a week ago, like before Cease took the ball in Cincinnati. We started talking about the turn in the rotation before that, like leading up to Dylan sees the uh, first career shutout against the Tigers in that, that double header. And that's like two weeks ago now. So we were talking about, all right, that's one turn through the rotation. They were really good. Let's see if they can keep the momentum going. Not only did they do that, but they took it up to the next level here. And now they take the pressure off the offense who was trying to you know find their way a little bit at times, and now you're, you're seeing an offense that has kind of evolved into a really versatile offense where we talked about just on Friday's show the absence of the long ball, and we're going to get to that in a second. But as it turns out, you didn't really need that this weekend. I mean, you got a home run from some unlikely sources sources and, and Danny Mendick, which we're going to get to. But just the offense has just been very damn good, missing two of its most important cogs in – Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, Robert being gone for a week now, and you're seeing guys not really get out of themselves. They're just everyone's doing what they can at each individual at bat, and I don't know how much of that is just the the player that that you have that Rick Hahn has scouted, and or if it's just the ma- the manager, you know, reinstilling that like, hey, don't try to do too much out there. But you're still seeing guys like Jose Abreu still looks like he's trying to you know, get to the level of where we're accustomed to seeing him be at. But that'll come, I believe, in due time. And then there's another guy who is not contributing with power uh, that much per se with only two home runs on the season, but he is getting on base uh, at a pretty good clip of late. And that's, of course, Yasmani Grandal. And he's got 26 walks already this season. And home runs, as we talked about, on the team are down. The Sox are at almost at the very bottom in Major League Baseball of, of home runs hit per team. But home runs are down across the board across baseball. So, you know, those two things, you could take that information and do what you will with it. But one of the big parts of if the Sox are going to be a home run hitting team is Grandal's got to come around a little bit. But he's been walking a ton lately, and this is a, a stark contrast from what he was the first few weeks of the season where it was just, you know, you might as well pencil in ground ball to second baseman every time he's up there. But now he's become super selective, trying to see his way out of 
this this slump that he's in, and he's he's getting on base. The hits aren't coming yet, but I assure you, folks, they will. And I, this was really fascinating. This is before the game um, on Sunday, yesterday. Uh, Yasmani Grandal talking about just uh, you know this you know propensity to get on base at, at the clip that he's getting, and but by by taking the free pass, and is it some sort of innate ability or skill that he has? I don't want to say it's it's a skill, but it's definitely a game plan of. Are you hunting for a certain zone or a certain pitch? Starting to learn, you know, how how the division is pitching you and how everybody else is pitching to you. So you you zone in in, in one spot. If they don't give it to you and it ends up being a walk, then great. If not, you just go up there trying to do some damage. Sometimes it's going to go your way. Sometimes it's not. I mean, it's not it's not a matter of swinging less. It's a matter of them not mis- making a mistake. You know, over the the outer third or over the inner third, they're just dotting down away or dotting in and you know those are not those are not pitches I, I can do damage with so uh, I've known to be a player of you know I'm gonna take care of my pitching staff I'm gonna hit for power and I'm gonna get on base so Yasmani's doing two of those three things getting on base and taking care of his pitching staff the power numbers have not come yet but I saw a lot of people who actually thought that this was a problem Yasmani Grandal getting on base at the clip that he is and walking a ton. I think he had 14 walks in this three-game series in Kansas City. And people are talking about this like this is, oh, my God, this is the worst thing in the world when you're trying to get on base for the, the table setters around you. And, yeah, he doesn't score a ton when he's on base, but that's not of his doing. That's the That's not – something that he's doing wrong by not scoring yeah he's not the fastest guy in the world out there and yeah he doesn't do much for you uh, when he's on first base but he's on first base for you that's an rbi opportunity for whoever's hitting behind him and people are acting like this is a bad thing uh your your thoughts on yasmani grandal and this whole situation that we have here where people are acting like yo this is this is the worst thing that ever happened in the white Sox that yasmani grandal walks every damn time he's up there I think a hitter's most valuable thing he can do is get on base. And no matter how you do it, get on base. That's your job to get on base. And if Yaz is not getting a pitch that he likes and he's being very selective, you could tell he has a selective eye. He's a catcher. He knows where the strike zone is supposed to be, and he gets on base via the walk. The power stroke hasn't come as yet, but you guys know that's going to be there. When he warms up, it's going to be there in in bundle. I like the way he gets on base, but I don't like where he's hitting in the lineup. I would want him preferably third in front of Jose Abreu or second as Lynn Casper suggested today. Yeah, Jason kind of gave Lynn a little, hey, hey, you're overstepping your bounds here, Mr. Radio Man. (laughs) Trying to make changes in the the lineup when the Sox are rolling here. Yeah, so go ahead. What do you think about Yasmani hitting, let's say, in the two-hole, for example? What do you think about that? I think that would be the perfect spot for him. He's a guy that gets on base. It's more solid than what Nick Madrigal does. He gets on base too, but I think he's more of an 8-9 hitter than a 2 hitter. You want somebody that uh, people are going to be scared of and don't want to face the 3 hitter who should be either Abreu or Mancada. So you want him to take advantage of that when that happens, but also have the selective eye to get on base if need be. And... Yasmani or Yohan Mankata would be perfect for those roles right there. You go with the righty of Tim Anderson, and then if it is a a right-handed pitcher, you can go with the lefty of Yasmani, a lefty of Yohan Mankata, or if you're going with the lefty of that day, you can have a bunch of right-handers to face that lefty. Either way, I see his stroke 
being just as powerful. He has no weak side. It's Johan, I don't think, has a weak side where you don't want him to be batting from that side. I would want him to be up closer to the lineup because he's shown you he's not a RBI producer like Jose Abreu or uh, Mercedes. That would also move Mercedes up probably to the five spot. I'm good for that, too. And move Nadrigal and Adam Eaton to the eight, nine spot, which I think is the perfect lineup for the White Sox. So you have Tim, Johan, Yasmani, Abreu. Mercedes, then you can just keep on filling them in after that. If you want Vaughn there, you want Larry there, whatever. But I think the White Sox would maximize their offensive chances that way when you have Yasmani having the protection behind him, people who are going to be driving him in instead of only one RBI guy behind him, which is your uh, Mercedes today. He wasn't behind him yesterday, was switched around. So I think it would uh, utilize him a little bit better. You would see more of a power stroke, but the uh, careful eye would still be there at the two or three hole. Yeah, and when you have T.A. at the top, like you're really cooking with something there because if you get T.A. leading off the game with with a single or double, as he's one to do, and then Yasmani taking a walk, all of a sudden you're really putting some some stress on the opposing pitcher very early on in that ball game, especially with Grandal, man, and all, and all the pitches that, that he sees. Um, and then you have a situation where Jose Abreu maybe is not trying to you know get out of his slump with, with one swing of the bat, and he's not trying to do too much out there. He's going back to the S of Jose Abreu where it's just like you know short quick to the baseball you know uh, a rocket shot over the shortstop's head and not necessarily over the fence but just you know just getting on base and getting his singles and collecting his RBI that way so yeah I'm in favor of that you know like because I think you have a couple of guys here in this lineup who could use a little jump start and use a little different perspective in this lineup and you know you don't want to mess with it too much here because the Sox are trying to find their their niche here a little bit as they sit here in first place but yeah I'm I'm in favor of anything that kind of gets things going and, and keeps guys on their toes a little bit and maybe gets guys to refocus their energy and and stop trying to do too much I, I'm, I'm in favor of that absolutely um you know you talked about some of the the things here that happened this weekend with the White Sox um next thing on my list here is poor Andrew Vaughn just real quick like Andrew Vaughn was trying to find every uh ounce every square inch every gra- a blade of grass out there in the outfield uh, to hit it over the wall but he was not able to do so I thought for sure he had his first home run this weekend on Saturday uh, but it was uh, it was not to be but he was just hitting the ball all over the place and we'll get to his defense in a second but just poor Andrew Vaughn that the, the home run's going to come which is again is a thing we talked about on the show a couple weeks ago he, he managed to still get on base throughout all the quote-unquote struggles and the benching from his manager for no good reason. And we said, hey, the, the power is going to come. And now he's hitting, he's spraying the ball to the all fields. And I think that's what they saw when they drafted him. And, and the power will come. Uh, it wasn't necessarily the most conducive weather for hitting, even though Kansas City's a, a good uh, hitter's park, but not necessarily a great power hitter's park. Uh, so you saw Andrew Vaughn be a victim a little bit of that. So maybe after coming back home uh, with the weather warming up here, maybe we'll finally see that first home run. We're going to take a quick time out here, but when we come back, I'm going to ask Herb a question about the future of two positions here on the south side that could be solved right now. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. Folks, summer's coming. You better start planning those road trips if you haven't already. I know I've got three or four in mind all ready to go for this summer, but before I go anywhere... 
I need to make sure that my car is running the way it should. And if I need any parts for my car, I know there's only one place to go, and that's our friends at rockauto.com because there's so many different makes and models of cars these days. It's become impossible to find all the parts that your car is going to need at your traditional chain storefront. You go in these places, and you ask the person behind the counter, and you sit there, and you wait in line, and no one wants to wait in line in a store these days, and they punch up the stock that they have on their computer only in their warehouse only. Why limit yourself to those limited choices when you have access to the most vast library of auto parts online at rockauto.com? Our friends at rockauto.com, they're a family business, and they've been serving customers just like you and I online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Rockauto.com's got everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com, they're always going to be reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. They're not like these big box chain storefronts. Why spend up to twice as much when you don't have to? Go to rockauto.com and when you go there, please do me a favor. Write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that your friends at Locked On White Sox sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need only at rockauto.com. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. There's so many things you could bet on each and every day at betonline.ag. It's got all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even your UFC MMA action. Looking to make a play on this big Chicago-Minnesota series coming up? Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the latest news and odds, and you can sign up for bonuses and contest information. If you're someone who likes to play the Dow, you can bet on what the final digit of the Dow is going to be each and every day, okay? When I tell you they have everything, they have everything. I'm also looking at the hot dog eating contest this year. Joey chestnut right now the over under set at 74 and a half hot dogs for joey chestnut for wednesday june 30th 2021 the hot dog eating contest for this year you want to bet on the new york lottery you can do that you can bet on whether or not the number is going to be odd or even i'm telling you they've got all your betting needs covered here at bet online so don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and don't forget our promo code locked on at bet online that's promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus but i'll just pose this right now he made that great catch in the seventh inning mm-hmm. and I, i'm just gonna say this you know i think i had that moment of clarity today where i just realized okay i'm done fighting this You've heard me talk about on the show for a long time about how I I think the best version of the White Sox is with Eloy Jimenez in left, improving steadily year in and year out, and have someone else at DH, whether it's Vaughn, whether it's a free agent pickup, whether it's Abreu eventually getting moved there, and then Vaughn plays first. I believe that you have more flexibility with Eloy in left. Everyone wanted to make Eloy a DH two years ago, but I said, no, no, wait, wait, let him let the kid try and get better. And he put the work in, but he let his team down big time with that injury, that unnecessary injury in spring training. So I, I pose you this question here, Herb. How, how do we feel? I can't believe we're saying this here. Uh, no, it's just it's just crazy how things work out in baseball. You can't control this stuff. But May 10th we sit here, and I'm asking you, 
for the foreseeable future, once Eloy Jimenez returns, now whether that's this year, spring training next year, whenever it is, Andrew Vaughn, your starting left fielder, Eloy Jimenez to DH, no questions asked. Is the White Sox, are they better with that setup? Yes, 100%. Than they are right now or going forward? But yeah. going for everything, all of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eloy is not a left fielder. We've He's proven that time and time again. We've saw it, said it time and time again. He is not a left fielder. His value is in his bat. Same thing with Jeremy Mercedes. That's a glut out there that you love to have, but also you don't love to have. But if it comes back to Eloy playing or Yerming player, it's going to be Eloy. So that's going to be 100%. And I'm sorry, Yerm. They should find a place for him to go. If somebody wants a 28-year-old designated hitter out there that we don't play every day or that we wouldn't play uh, 18 times a year, Fine. Go to the Angels. Go to the New York Yankees, wherever. Trade them away. Get whatever you can. But the best version of this White Sox team going forward is Aloy being the designated hitter and not hurting himself while he's on the field. And Andrew Vaughn, I I think he said I think we said he's above average. He might be even better than I think, that. I think so. He is just man. Like they gave us the wrong scouted report they said he was not athletic my ass <laughs> that man is athletic as hell tracking balls back to the wall the the dive he had today catching the ball that is not easy especially in that ballpark and how it's configured in the wind, wind swirling the guy is he's i don't see anything he's done in left field and people might point to that play in seattle though that was a really tough play where he had to come really far and he almost it's got his, to that ball it's his first series I, playing out there too yeah <laughs> and i have never seen a ball that i was like okay he's lost out there no i saw man. a ball or two that mendick was lost on but he made he, he happened to make the catch and you guys would think that danny mendick is more athletic than andrew vaughn and i have not seen that to be the case especially in the outfield no, 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 Herb. You must not have been listening. Uh, Tony LaRusso said this to uh, reporters today after the game or Sunday after the game. If you ever come out and watch band practice and watch Mendick in the outfield, I mean, he's he's making plays. It looks like a smaller version of Robert. <laughs> smaller version of Robert. I Now I just got to thinking about that. What if you had like a little small version of Luis Robert you could just take with you anywhere? Well, what would you do? The things you could do with a little mini version of Luis Robert out there, but I, some money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but I, Mendix did it. He, he did a good job out there. You know, like he, the, the, some of the routes were a little, were a little, you know, uh, adventurous to say the least, but he, he got the job done. And that's what we talked about last week as well. Like, who are you going to sub in that outfield spot in that position? I said, maybe Danny Mendick. And yes. then Tony LaRusso was listening. He's like, yeah, Maybe Danny Mendick can go out there, and then that's what he did. He threw him out there, and I threw him out to the fire, and he and he produced, and then he hits a home run the other day. So you know they might be okay in the short term here. I, I don't know if I like the the long term plan of having Danny Mendick in the corner outfield spot, but you know what you're seeing here is these guys all rise up to meet the moment, and you're seeing a baseball team here, man. You've got baseball players up and down this roster. Your Mendick, Andrew Vaughn, these guys, they're just. You know, they don't ask, you know, where am I playing? They just go out there and play, and they're doing a really damn good job. And back to your Andrew Vaughn point, like, he is just he, – he is better than than average. Like, I, we thought, you know, that, that Tony maybe was overselling him when he called him uh, – he could be an average uh, left fielder early on in the season, and he's, he's turned out to be much more than that. So, yeah, I think in terms of the Eloy thing, like – He's earned his way out of of the field, like the way he's let his team down several times now. Now, you're you know, 
the mental aspect of this is huge. Like you don't know how he's going to respond to that. But let's say, for example, I'm not going to call it a miracle, but let's say everything goes perfectly. And if anyone's a White Sox fan listening to this, which most of you are, you know things never go perfectly for the White Sox. Let's say things go perfectly in Eloy's rehab and he doesn't lose any continuity with his swing, dealing with that, that torn pec, and he's ready to go come September and he's ready to get back in your lineup. You're going to put him out there in left field again and, and risk losing him for an even longer period of time after the way he's let his team down, not intentionally, of course, but you saw just the weight uh, that, that everyone felt. Jose Abreu's carrying his batting gloves around and they're having memorials for the kid on opening <laughs> night. Like This was a heavy emotional thing. Rest for peace. Yeah, RIP and peace, Eloy. This was an emotional thing for all these guys to have to deal with, and I'm sorry. Like Andrew Vaughn is most likely, knock on wood, going to put you through that type of mental torment, and that was a really nice catch he made out there. So I think, yeah, it, you, you never know the, what type of conversations you're going to end up having, but as we sit here, uh, Andrew Vaughn's first month in the big leagues i think maybe the Sox can turn him into a respectable more than respectable left fielder when eloy comes back and i'm cool with opening 2022 with him being your left fielder i would like to see more power numbers obviously but so far so good uh, for andrew vaughn out there and left man i've been very very impressed uh, and this kid has never let it affect uh, the bat either still getting on base the hits are coming now the power is going to come soon um, you know, again, I don't know what ball they're using this year in Major League Baseball. We're seeing these home run numbers drop, but uh, poor Andrew Vaughn can't catch a break out there. He tried every alleyway in Kansas City, but couldn't get it quite over the fence there. But just a job well done by Danny Mendick, uh, the smaller version of Roberts, and uh, Andrew Vaughn. And you mentioned uh, 28-year-old DH and Yermin. Yermin returned with a big RBI triple and an RBI double in Sunday's game. You're mean. Everyone was thinking, okay, he's going to come back to earth, which is fine, and he did. Uh, but then he responds by still getting a couple big hits there. And uh, you said, who could be looking for a 28-year-old DH? Can I interest you in a 41-year-old DH? Huh? huh? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? Uh, we'll get to that in the next segment. We do have one email I want to get to about uh, Albert Pujols. But overall, just you know, closing it out here, my, my, my thoughts on the weekend, Herb, like – just thinking about this this team and where they were a week ago, and when we did that, uh, oh, we, we should we should mention it's the first thing in my notes here. But Luis Roberts not going to require surgery for his hip flexor strain. It's going to be an eight to twelve week injury as we thought initially, but with no surgery involved. So he's going to have to just rest up, no baseball activities, and presumably, you know, it's just going to heal on its own with some rest. So it's not totally out of the question that we see him again, providing no setbacks. We saw that the Adam Engel thing didn't work out so well with the no setbacks thing. So now you're in a situation where the show was was so heavy here with another injury in the Luis Roberts show that we did on Monday. It was just a bummer. It It was a bad day for the White Sox organization, but here they are sitting in first place, a game ahead of Cleveland with Minnesota coming to town and a chance to put some real separation between them. And, you know, this this team has found out, Herb, that there's a ton of ways to win a ball game out there each and every day. And you don't necessarily have to hit the big home run. You don't have to, you know, swing from your heels every single time out there. You don't have to wait for the three-run bomb late in the game and take the lead. You can just take your hits where, where, where you can, go opposite field, take the extra base, you know, it's just it's a wonderful thing to watch, man. And as we see the home run numbers decline across baseball, I'm wondering, I was thinking today, I'm wondering if this whole thing and we talked about the five wins conservative that you're that you're losing with no Eloy and no Luis Robert out there if if you look at war. 
now you're, you could be in a situation here where maybe this could be a silver lining and this team's going to have to find out early that they can win games without without the long ball, that they can win games without you know having super elite defense out there in center field. And I think that could be a good thing for them because a lot of teams are still struggling to find their way. You just look at the standings around baseball and a lot of teams who you thought would be up near the top or at the bottom, and things are crazy, and it's a crazy injury year. But you're finding out with this White Sox team in 2021 – that there are so many ways that a ball game can be won, and they're finding each and every way to do it. Most importantly, the starting pitching's been there, and then the timely hitting's been there, and they're jumping on teams early. Like I, I think maybe we look at this thing in October, and now we don't know what the roster is going to look like if Eloy's going to be back or Luis Roberts going to be back. But I think if we're looking at this team in a postseason run, learning how to win games like the way they're winning games now is going to do nothing but help them come October, and I think that's a really exciting possibility for the White Sox. I think how we started off this conversation is the key. The White Sox have won 11 of their last 15 games. The four losses that they have, the White Sox scored two, three, zero, and zero. That's the key. The The pitching's keeping the White Sox in every one of these games for the most part, except for the Giolito start in Boston. But for the most part, they're doing the job. So the hitters just need to get four runs on a night. Four runs on a night. And the pitching is going to keep them in these games. And we've seen so far the White Sox are not the team we we thought we're going to see offensively. Injuries are part of it, but guys underperforming so far. With you, like you just said, the home run ball is not there, not there for a lot of these teams. The White Sox are in last place in home runs, which blows my mind. Even with Aloy being missing, and Luis Robert was playing most of these games, and he, I think, he only had one home run. Right. So, yeah. This is an oddity winning without the long ball, especially for us White Sox fans. We know all of our teams that have had some success, except for the winning ugly ones, are the good ones who hit the ball over the fence. Yeah, it was small ball and all that stuff for the Aussie teams, but they hit over 200 home runs in that year. They crushed the ball. And the White Sox, while not hitting the ball over the over the fence, are hitting the ball with a lot of authority, slugging this up. Doubles are up. Once Andrew Vaughn learns how to hit the ball over the fence, that's going to be a thing. Um, Yermin, what, the last home run he had was at home a couple of, like a week and a half ago. He needs to get the home run stroke going again. Jose Abreu, once the weather ho- he, it warms up, I'm going to the game on Friday night. I hope he hits a home run that night so I can see my man do his thing. I think it is so good that the White Sox are not playing their best. They're not playing at the top of their level and they're still in first place and probably the top team in the American League in run differential right now. They're so, top in all of baseball now. They've taken oh, with the see? with the ass whooping of the Royals, they've taken over the title of the top team in all of baseball for run differential. And that's amazing. Yeah. And they're not hitting the ball over the, over the fence and I think that was our upper, modus operandi for any White Sox team. Hit the ball over the fence, especially in that ballpark, but it's very, very encouraging, especially going into the Minnesota Twins series tomorrow, the first time we're going to see them, that we can beat teams without hitting over the fence. All right, we'll take a quick timeout, and we'll tell you what's coming up the rest of the week here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar 
ever. Guess what, friends? I've got another health update for you guys. I mentioned that I started eliminating unnecessary sugar from my diet, working out a little bit more, but most of all, getting rid of those unhealthy snacks that I tended to overindulge in at times. And I can tell you that about two and a half months into this lifestyle change, I am down about 15 pounds now. And I got to tell you, I don't know if I could have done it without Built Bar. I'm going to keep going, folks, because I, I'm loving the way I'm feeling. I have a new routine. I don't even miss those sugary snacks and soda and all the other stuff that I used to eat all the time because I have Built Bars. I order them in bulk, basically, whenever I order them, so I never run out. Uh, I have one for an afternoon snack and one after dinner to get rid of my sweet cravings, and they've done wonders for me. They've totally eliminated my my cravings for sugar, but they still taste delicious. That's the best part. See, this stuff doesn't work if Built Bars don't taste awesome, and they do. You know, you have some of these other protein bars out in the market, and they don't taste as good, and they're pumped with sugar a lot of times, but Built Bar, that's not the case. Low sugar, low carb, high protein, and always covered in 100% chocolate. I can tell you that my new favorite flavor for the time being is coconut brownie chunk. I've got it right here in front of me. It's only 150 calories, but it's packing a whopping 15 grams of protein in this bad boy, okay? And it's just delicious chocolate coconut brownie chunk. But if you want to get yourself a coconut brownie chunk, Go to BuiltBar.com now because these things go fast. Whenever I get an email saying that we have this flavor back in stock, I'm there immediately. And whenever I'm at BuiltBar.com, I'm making sure I put in our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Do what I did. Go to BuiltBar.com. Order yourself up a flavor. Sprinkle in a new flavor that you haven't tried. You never know what your favorite flavor could be unless you try it. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKED15. BuiltBar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I, I got to take this Albert Pujols email that we got from uh, from our listener AD from OP, and we're gonna we're gonna put that aside for tomorrow because I do want to talk about this uh, situation that's happening with the uh, future Hall of Famer. Um, We'll do that tomorrow. We'll get to some more of your mailbag questions tomorrow. We just ran out of time today. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Twins a little bit. We'll talk We'll talk about what happened. What the hell's going on with the Twins so far? Everyone's asking. Every time I talk to someone about the Twins, everyone's like, what the hell's going on with them? Like, you know, they, they've had a real shaky start here, and let's hope the White Sox can keep it that way with this big series coming up here. But uh, Stroke yeah. step in time. It, I, th- I think so, man. But it's but you look at it from the other side. The other team on the other dugout is thinking this is our chance to get back in it. So I really would like to see the White Sox continue to be themselves. And you got pitching first and foremost is going to be key to this thing. Um, but real quick here, just the uh, the the stuff going on with the Apple podcasts here. Uh, it has not been fixed as of yet. And obviously, if you're listening to the show right now, you figured out a way to listen to the show. So congratulations to yourself. Gave yourself a little Barry Horowitz pat on the back for figuring out how to find the show. You guys know that all the shows are posted to our Twitter timeline as soon as they they drop, typically. Uh, but usually, we're on a midnight schedule. So midnight of that day is when that day's show drops. And we do that Monday through Friday unless we do uh, a post-game that goes up immediately after. But, yeah, the Apple thing on, on iTunes is probably not going to get figured out anytime soon or it, no one knows what's going on with it. It's affecting shows 
everywhere. All your favorite podcasts are being affected by it. At least most of them are. Uh, many of them here on the network are. So just we thank you for your patience with that. But uh, you know, we it, it sucks because you know a lot of our listenership is from iTunes subscribers, and you guys like having the show as soon as it's ready. And why wouldn't you? But we appreciate you guys still finding a way to find us. Either way, I haven't seen uh, the big boss man David Locke's uh, uh, rundown for the week. The recap. Um, so we'll see where we're at this week in terms of where we finished, but it's probably going to be another top five easily finished for us. So thank you guys for continuing to find the show regardless of the problems that we have, but we'll keep you up to date on what's going on here with these Apple podcasts. It's uh, it's not a fun situation, but uh, we're going to recap the, uh, the, the, the twins game Wednesday morning, midnight, our recap from Tuesday night's game will be up. It's Kenta Maeda versus Dylan Cease. Maeda with a two, two with a five Oh two earn run average. Going up against Dylan Sees, who's 2-0 with a 2-3-7 run average. How about that for Dylan Sees? Looking to continue uh, from his uh, recent resurgence. So, big series with the Twins coming up. We'll have it uh, all for you, and we'll explore Albert Pujols and get into more of your White Sox questions in tomorrow's episode. So, we got a big week here. Uh, that's all I got, Herb. Yeah, the Twins started off 5-2. and two. They have been 7 in 18 cents. Yeah. We'll do a deep dive on what's going on. We'll answer that question. I didn't pay off my own thing there. We'll answer the question definitively, what the hell happened with the Twins in tomorrow's show. We'll take a, a look at what's going on there. Just really terrible team that the White Sox got to step on throat. So listen for tomorrow's episode where we examine the Twins and see if the White Sox can take a two out of three from these Minnehota Twins. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Follow him at Chris Tannehill, my Eckerwall 23. The show is at Locked on Socks. 312-566-8727 is the way you can send us a voicemail. And if you want to send us an email, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. So for Castana Hill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this victorious, sweep-alicious edition of Locked on Socks.